Well, glory, I pray you're blessed. Amen. If you're worshiping, you can keep worshiping. You don't have to change what you're doing. Hallelujah. Get what you came to get today. Hallelujah. I prefer to preach to hungry people anyway. Preach while people's at the altar or worshiping in the aisles or crying out to the heavens. See, some of you need to learn how to have church. And beyond having church, be the church. Oh, Lord. Hallelujah. There's power in the name of Jesus. Glory, glory. Are you ready? Some of you might have already received what you came to get. 30 feet from triumph. My. 30 feet. 30 feet. It's about as wide as this sanctuary, maybe, huh? You think, Scott? Come on. Oh, my God. Come on, just think about this. I should have preached that message today. <laughs> think about this. Come on, camera woman. Get an get a angle it over there. I mean, we've got to show everybody online. I saw them typing on the monitor up here, 30 feet to triumph. I mean, this can't just be for you. Let the people on TV and that get theirs too. Come on, that's how close you are. 30 feet. With legs like mine, that's about five steps. Thirty feet. That's how close. See, we've been marching around the outer wall of what restricts us, being intimidated by what is mounted up against us. And all this while, you've only been thirty feet from victory. Hallelujah. While our nation, oh God, marches around the wall. Oh, I know. Come on, we're marching around the wall of all kind of things, but we're only 30 feet from triumph. In our marriages, in our finances, in so many things, we're marching around them, and yet we've been so close to victory in our health and all these things. What God needs from his people is just to dare to believe. My God, the old song, dare to believe, and even mountains will be cast into the sea. If we'll dare to believe, even demons will tremble. You know why the church has ceased to really see a move of God? Let me just say this before we get into the word. It's because the church has given up, has given up on, this is true, we've given up on the blood. We don't preach about it because it's not popular. It doesn't fit our, our aesthetic in our church. Now, why are you all getting quiet? The problem is because some of us have gone to some of those churches. I'm going to let's be real. I told uh, Donna Dan the other week, I, I tell most people that ask me to preach now, no. No. Not interested. 
Because what you want, I can't give. Right? They, they want acute service. No altar call. Absolutely no manifestation of the gifts. For God, please don't let the power of God come in here. We won't want you. We don't want him. That's the mandate they've set up. See, when we do things like that, what you've said is we want the man, but we don't want him. And so the church has ceased to see a move of God because we've given up on the blood of God. We've given up on the name of Jesus Christ. I'll never forget some of you, Cindy and Brandon. I don't know where Brandon is, but uh, a few years ago, we went down to uh, the Bay Revival. We took the church down. Oh, what a move of the Holy Ghost. And I'll never forget the evangelist said that very thing. He said the reason that the church has ceased to see a real genuine move of God is because we've given up on the name of Jesus and the blood of Jesus. And he said if the church would get back to those two things, the power that is in the name, and only through Jesus that salvation comes. Come on, all your good works and goody two-shoes and four ways to be blessed and six ways to get free. Just shut up and save it. Because the Bible declares that it is by his stripes that we were healed. It says that whom the son, who's the son? Jesus. See, most churches are tiptoeing around that name. Uh-huh. They're, they're, they're alluding to the pie in the sky. We're laughing, but it's true right here in our own city. Most of them wouldn't know the Holy Ghost if it hit them upside the head. And if they did see it, they would think it was the devil. That's what they call it because now they're not in control. Are you hearing me? Religion will always call it wrong because what religion can't stand more than anything is being in control. Oh. Well, I know you didn't come to hear that. So. My point is that you and I cannot be afraid to decree and declare the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We're too close. You're too close to victory. You're too close to winning. You're too close to seeing victory. Hallelujah. I about went into that old song, Victory is Mine. Victory is Mine. Victory is Mine. Come on, see? That's the song. Yeah. That's it. But instead, we'll stand on the outside wall of Jericho and look up and be intimidated by it, be shut up by it, be stopped by it. Come on. Our church is, is 30 feet from triumph. Let me just, let me put it in numbers. You know, our expansion project, I, I got to be careful what I say because of live stream. You know, the deal we've been trying to work on, expansive, the property, clicking now. We're like 30 feet from triumph. Let me tell you how close we are to triumph. $6,500. See what I mean? 
And so when they called this week, and there's been a lot of hangups, I got to send in more paperwork now tomorrow. The office will be buzzing, trying to get them everything they need to make this thing happen. And when we were a little bit short on money, and, and the lady said, well, what are you going to do? I said, well, that's what it is to be faith-based. I said, I just got to believe it's going to come in in the next few days. And literally, we have days. And if it doesn't, if it doesn't, then it doesn't work out. Right? And so we're 6,500 away. And so when God said this morning, tell my people that we're 30 feet from triumph, I thought, oh, God, then that means triumph is it's coming. Amen. That means victory is here. So we don't, I don't need to worry or fear or, or be worried about looking like a liar because somebody said, what are we going to do if we don't get it? Or what are we going to have to do? I don't know. All, all, I, all I've had a plan for is that when it's done. That's all I've planned for. I just figure I don't have to worry about looking dumb, and I certainly don't need to worry about God looking dumb or silly. You know, whatever happens, happens. We're just going to place it in his hands, but we are that close to victory, and I just got to believe it's coming. Would you shout, it's coming? It's coming. Amen. It's coming. 30 feet to triumph. My God. Lord, have mercy. God's going to speak. He will. He'll send somebody from there online or around about, I don't know, an enemy. God, somebody reminded me yesterday, he said, Pastor, don't fear. The Lord said that his, he'll cause his enemies to bless you. So maybe it'll be an enemy that'll send in a check. Hallelujah. Or give online. Come on. Yeah. Yes. God reminded me of that. I was on Giant Eagle and checking out, and someone I know very well was good friends with for many years. I was at the checkout counter, and she came up to the end, looked at me, and looked away. We're connected on Facebook. Hello, God bless you. You know, she looked like she didn't even know who I was. Didn't speak. And at first it hurt. And I literally said to the Lord, I said, you know, God, that really hurt. And as I put my groceries in the car and got in the car, that's when I got a text that said, Pastor, remember that God will cause your enemies to bless you. In that moment, when I started feeling sorry for myself, and I started allowing myself to feel the hurt and the pain of what they may have done, God sent a word he, out of the blue. Come on, are you hearing what I'm saying? They didn't know. It wasn't like they were on FaceTime with me right there in the moment. They sent a text and said, Pastor, remember the Lord will cause your enemies to bless you. That's how much God loves you. That's how much he's looking out for you. That he will send you what you need when you need it. Yes, he will. Hallelujah. So I will bless the Lord at all times. Praise will always and continually be on my lips. Oh, I think we're going to preach today. Yeah. You got to get going. We're going to continue this series, Permeating Praise. I didn't get to preach last week, but, but he did. Permeating Praise. Do you remember that from two weeks ago? You didn't forget, did you? 
permeating, meaning to spread through. To spread through something. As you were praising, he was permeating the atmosphere. I made myself some stuffed pepper soup two days ago. My God, it permeated the, I could smell it outside, mom. It was so good. Yes, my God. I mean, that kind of stuff right there will, will make the Holy Ghost come on you. It's, it's good. And it permeated. When I took my dog out, I was walking, I could smell it. 30 feet away from the house. It permeated the atmosphere. See, when you and I give God praise, he permeates. He spreads throughout something or a place. To permeate means to be present in every part. As you and I were praising God, as you get more audacious and bold and determined in your praise, he's permeating and touching every part. You, 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 you don't need to think that your praise isn't making a difference. Your praise will pay off as evidence by the story of Jericho. I've learned that sometimes I have to give God praise on credit. Now, let me make sure you understand what I'm talking about. The same way that some of you all go and get credit, you charge up. And for some reason, the bank trusts some of us. Hallelujah. I mean, let's not pretend that all church people have good credit, can we? I see your prayer requests. Hallelujah. Yeah. Private messages, Pastor. I'm going to bankruptcy court this morning. Would you pray? Sure. Discharged. Hallelujah. Listen. The same way that you and I go and try to get a loan for a car or a house or a credit card or anything else, and the bank gives you credit. They give you credit saying, we're going to give you this and expect that you're going to pay it later. When you give God praise, you need to understand that you're giving him praise. Sometimes even though you haven't seen the breakthrough, somebody needs to hear me today. You need to give God praise on credit. Saying, God, I'm going to give you praise now. Come on, get, would you get with me today? You, th th I'm going to give you praise now. I haven't seen breakthrough yet. I don't feel it in my body yet. I don't see it in my checkbook yet. My God, just like God, we're $6,500 short, but I'm, oh God, I'm going I'm to give you praise on credit. Are you hearing me? God, I, I don't have everything that I may be in need of or everything that I want, but I'm going to give you praise on credit, right? God, my body might be hurting. God, it doesn't look like you answered my prayer, but I'm going to give you praise on credit. That's what the Word said in Psalms 34 when he says, I will bless the Lord at all times. Praise will always continually be in my lips. Glory to God. Oh, don't get quiet on me now. I said, we've got to give God praise on credit. Bless him at all times. Hallelujah. When we're sick in bed, give him praise. When we're broke, give him praise. When our kids are embarrassing us, give him praise. Hallelujah. 
When people in your family are causing trouble on Facebook, give him praise. Oh, come on. Give him praise. Somebody messaged this week because they caused drama on Facebook, and they said, would you pray for my family? I said, I'll pray, but stop, stop Facebooking what you should be facing. <laughs> she deleted her post. Hallelujah. You want me to pray because you, you caused a mess. Oh, now you want God because you opened your mouth. Oh, God. Oh, okay, let's preach. Hallelujah. I'll, I'll give you the summarized version. We're going to get right to the heart of it. We've been in Psalms 34, 1 through 4. We've quoted it already three, four times this morning, right? I will bless the Lord at all times. Praise will continue to be on my lips, right? Then I reminded you of First uh, Chronicles 4, 1, the sons of Judah. Judah meaning praise. The sons of Judah were Perez, Hezron, Carmi, Hur, and Shobal. And we've learned that every one of his sons produces something out of praise, right? Hallelujah. So the sons of Judah, or the sons of praise, or the seed of my praise. Oh, when I give God praise, what we learned two weeks ago was that my praise brings forth a breakthrough. Or my praise permeates and brings breakthrough. Mm, Jesus. Breakthrough. Or victory is mine. Victory is mine. Victory today is mine. Hallelujah. Now we're going to move on to, we, we did Perez. Now we're going to move on to that second son out of First Chronicles 4.1. The sons of Judah were Perez, which was, means breakthrough. That's what Perez means is breakthrough. The second son is Hezron which means weapons. Your praise is a weapon. Hallelujah. That's why that old, uh, uh, an old chorus that we used to sing, say the name of Jesus. Say the name when you don't know what else to say, when you don't know what else to pray. Say the name of Jesus. Why? Because the, your, your praise is a weapon. That's why you and I have to be careful how we respond or we react in situations. And that's why the, the Bible says in Psalms 34 that I will bless the Lord at all times. Praise needs to be our first response. Are you hearing me? Praise needs to be our first response. In fact, I've really learned to give God praise before I go to prayer. Because most people just go to prayer and say, God, here's what I want. Here's what I need. No, you need to get the attention of heaven first. And how do you do that? With praise. Uh-huh. Because he inhabits the praises of his people. To inhabit means he comes to sit upon your praise. Means he's in the room. Hallelujah. So in order to get him to move on my behalf, I first got to get him. In the room. Hallelujah. Amen. Just like uh, uh, you husbands who, who do that thing where you say, hey, honey. And she'll yell, what? From another room. And you say, come here. And then she walks in the room and you say, can you hand me that? 
The only way to get her to hand it to you is you have to first get her in the room. Uh-huh. Or it could be vice versa. Ladies, you could pull the same thing. Uh-huh. My Lord. See, you got to remember that you got to get him in the room first. And you got to praise him first. Give him praise first. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, when I give God praise, it's my faith response to God. Not panicking and wringing my hands and Facebooking it. Praise is my faith response to God. It's letting God know I'm trusting in you more than anything else. I'm going to trust that you're going to make this right, oh God. I got to trust in you more than my job, even a spouse, even anything else in my life. I'm going to trust you in, in, in the face of disaster. You're still God. Come on, church, we cannot wring our heads and get caught up in what the, all is on the news right now and happening around the world. Yes, be in the know, but do not be consumed. Do not be distracted. You need to be a wide awake in your spirit. That's why the Bible says, he that hath an ear, let him hear. Are you hearing me? We got preachers preaching about the news. Shut your mouth and get in the word. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says. I don't need to preach what Fox is saying or Newsmax or CNN. My God, Reader's Digest or any of the rest. And we're laughing, but it is true. I mean, scroll. Scroll Facebook. Look at the idiotic things that people are posting. Instead of the Word of God. The Bible says that the Word, the entrance of the Word bringeth light. What do we need to do right now in the world is bring the word of God. Speak the word of God. We've got to know the word to speak the word. Hallelujah. And so in order to keep our, our, our minds stayed, because the Bible says where the mind goes, the man goes, right? It is with the mind that we serve the Lord. We've got to be careful what we're putting in. Because what we're putting in will, will, will come out. So make sure that we're inputting the word of God that brings life and health to all who find it. Are you hearing me? And in order for me to give God praise in the face of all adversity, th that will come by me feeding myself on the word of God and not anything else. Hallelujah. In other words, it requires you not to make a decision to praise the Lord. Are you hearing me? I have to make a decision that I'm going to praise the Lord. That's why sometimes we'll come into church and it's, uh, it's okay. And then sometimes we'll come into church and it's through the roof. At one point I thought, what in the world? I said, God, they should be in the house. I mean, brother, we got to get my pianos down, all right? I almost kicked that thing right out of, that stool right out of there and just tried to stand. Because I thought I was going to come unglued this morning. I thought the roof was about to lift off. <laughs> but see, I, it requires you and I to make a decision to praise God. It means my faith response to God is praise. It means I have to make a conscious decision that I will bless the Lord. 
at all times in the face of adversity, in the face of a difficulty, I'm going to bless the Lord, right? Because we, we know the word of God says, if God before you, who can be against you? Come on, if God before you, see that we need to learn to have an attitude about the word of God and what it says, right? When people rise against me, get an attitude when you quote that. If God before me, who? In other words, who do they think they are? God is before me. When you think you're known more, you think you're better than me, you think people like you more, who do you think you are? The Bible says over me, if God is before me, who can be against me, right? We've got to understand our, our way of life. Praise is a lifestyle. It is a lifestyle. See what, my, what I've learned my praise does? Praise and my praise and worship puts his presence into the equation of my problem. Oh, hallelujah. Did you hear me? My praise and worship puts his presence in the equation of my problem. That's what I was talking about earlier with the 30 feet to triumph. Most of the time we're intimidated by what we're up against. I could have, and I did for a little while, allow $6,500 intimidate me. What we were talking about earlier. And I thought, Lord Jesus. Well, It's over. Right. That's what I started thinking. But if God before us, who can be against us? If we maintain an attitude of praise, it'll bring his presence into our problem. Meaning it, it just causes a greater opportunity for God to show up. You've got to start looking at your problems that it creates an opportunity for him to show up and to show off in your life, for you to be able to give a greater testimony. Am I preaching to anybody here today that, that some of the problems that we're, we're facing right now, it's really a, an incubator for greatness. You've heard me say trouble is really an incubator for greatness. That's what it is. So it's, it's an opportunity for him to show up and show off. Go ahead and turn that on for me, would you? Hallelujah. We're, we're about to have breakthrough, but our praise is about to unleash a weapon. A weapon, I said. My God, if the people in Ukraine and Russia would begin to just praise. I don't care what artillery is against them. That's why I said the other week, it don't, I don't care if they threaten us with nukes. I don't care. The church needs to praise. You cannot forget who you are. You and I cannot forget whom the God that we serve. You and I cannot forget countless times through the word of God how praise caused the atmosphere to shift. How praise caused things out of the, the, the extraordinary things to happen out of nowhere, right? Praise will cause crazy things to begin to happen. We have to remember who we are. Hallelujah. Your, our praise brings breakthrough. And the Bible says that the son, the second son of Judah, which was Hezron, means weapons. Means my praise will produce a seed, which is a weapon. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Oh, Jesus. The Bible says in 
Psalms 114, I got to give you some of this quick so I can get to the, the good part here. My God, do you sense that? Psalms 114, verse 2 says, Judah became his sanctuary. In other words, praise became his sanctuary and Israel his dominion. The sea saw it and fled. Jordan turned back. Now, I'll deal with that uh, next week probably a little too. Because watch this. I I need you to fully understand what we're saying. Judah became his sanctuary or praise became, became his dwelling place. That's why he inhabits your praises. Your praises become a sanctuary, a dwelling place. Are you seeing? That's why it's important that you and I will bless the Lord at all times. That's why you need to turn your house into a sanctuary. I don't care what hell we go through. I don't care how angry we get and how many things get mashed. I don't care if you have evidence in your walls of where your head went through the wall. Make your house a sanctuary of praise. See, those are the things we don't talk about in the church, but they happen all the time. I will bless the Lord at all times and praise will be on my lips. We don't like to talk about that our elders are beating up their wives. We don't want to talk about that even sometimes the preachers do that too. We don't like to talk about how we call the preacher over in the middle of the night. We don't like to talk about the addictions that are going on in our own homes and our churches. Come on. And so our homes that were meant to be a haven, a place of rest and a place of refuge have become a battlefield. And what God really wants you to be able to do is to create a place of rest. And if you think I'm lying about what the power of your praise can do, turn your home into a place of praise. Make your home a sanctuary. Make it a place where they're not able to cuss you out. Make it a place where they can't raise their hand to you. Make it a place where your the memories that you have of what you, you the hell you used to live with will die. In an atmosphere of praise. Sleep with worship music like this on if you have to. Wake up to it if you have to. Play it underlying underneath your TV all the time. Let there just be an atmosphere created. So every time the enemy, one of his, he, hallelujah, hallelujah, tries to creep in your house, you've already prepared an atmosphere that says, I will bless the Lord at all times. Praise will always be on my lips. Hallelujah. I wonder what would happen if next time they were screaming at you and looking at you. You just said, I will. You look at him, you said, I will. Bless the Lord at all times. Praise will. Come on. You know what will happen? You'll probably watch them melt like butter into the floor. 
Start letting him fight your battles instead of you. I was going somewhere. Psalms 114, Judah became his sanctuary. Praise became his sanctuary. And Israel, his dominion. I'll come back to that part next week. Watch this. The sea saw it and fled. The sea saw what? Praise. Jordan turned back. Jordan turned back. Earlier, God gave us the word that we were 30 feet from triumph. Now you need to understand that your praise will cause your opposition to turn back. Your praise will cause your Jordan to turn back. When you and I are, are faced with a, it looks like we can't cross over. How many have ever felt like I can't go back to where I used to be, but it sure looks like it's way too hard to go any forward, any way forward. A Pharaoh behind me and uncrossable waters before me. And if we really begin to look at that text, we begin to understand that it wasn't just that they, they, they saw the waters before them, but as they stood there, the ground began to shake because of the armies that were coming up behind them. They could hear, and they were intimidated by the sound of what their life they used to live coming up behind them. I don't know, is anybody else ever reminded of who you used to be? Who you used to be married to? I was reminded this week. I said, don't judge me. You need to understand the sea saw it and turned back. This is why it's important that you and I maintain an attitude of praise. Because even if you have an enemy behind you, God, if you maintain an attitude of praise, God has a plan for them. And even the opposition that you face, this, the Bible says the sea saw what? The sea saw praise. And the sea turned back. It rolled back to enable them to cross over on dry ground. Are you hearing me? Father, make me a sanctuary. Oh, Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary tried and true and with thanksgiving I'll be a living sanctuary Lord for you see we used to sing that chorus and we didn't even know what we were singing Lord prepare me to be a dwelling place that when the sea sees me it'll turn back my God will you somebody in this place please get a hold of this word that you would be such a sanctuary that when you imagine you walk out of here Woo! I told somebody, I said, I got to take a vacation this year. It's been like four and a half years. I need a vacation. The beach is calling me. Hallelujah. Imagine if we take the, the yellow bus and we take everybody to the beach. Now, now watch this. And you know, when you're standing against the beach, you can feel the power of that ocean. In fact, sometimes you can go in ankle deep or knee deep and it'll, it'll cause you to lose your footing. And some of you, you know, our, our women went to Ocean City a few years ago. Yeah. Women's ministry. They went and, come on, now y'all want to go, all you women want to go to Ocean City. See? see, we do fun things. And some of the ladies weren't standing on their feet. They ended up with their legs in the air because the water was powerful. But imagine 
if you got a hold of this word and you let it get inside of you, that we go out to the beach, we stand on the shoreline and we all line up down the beach. And the sea sees you and it turns back. See, that's what the word needs you to understand about who you are. This word is about teaching you who you are, about the God in you that is bigger than what's going on around you. Think about the God inside of you is bigger than what's going on around in you. So if you and I can create a sanctuary for him to dwell, when the sea sees you or when opposition sees you, oh my God, when cancer sees you, when debt sees you, are you hearing me? When, 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 when your problem sees you, it has no choice, sister, but to turn back and flee. Oh my God. See, somebody should be shouting in this place right now. It will see you and turn back. It will see you and turn back because you're allowing yourself to be created into a sanctuary. I'm gonna be a dwelling place for him that when the sea, when opposition rises against me, it will turn back and create for me a way out. When cancer comes for me, when diabetes comes for me, I will bless the Lord at all times. Praise will always be on my lips. I may, I may look like there's no way out on this way. My enemies may be coming in from behind, but if I maintain an attitude that I will bless the Lord at all times and praise will be on my lips the sea will see me and it will turn back hallelujah hallelujah god i give you praise lord i give you glory i give you honor in this place today hallelujah 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 glory to god hallelujah see some of you need to understand something when some of you are just beginning to understand praise and that praise is powerful but the more consistent your praise is the more powerful it becomes see don't have this idea the first time you step out of where you are and you start giving God praise like somebody else that that the sea is going to turn back because your praise gets stronger just like your credit And the enemy knows how strong you are. God knows how much you believe. You need to understand that the more praise that you give, the more powerful it becomes. And so the reason that we keep saying we're on the verge of something, breakthrough is imminent. There's an outpouring of his spirit. We're 30 feet from triumph. All those things that keep leading up, the breakthrough is we are, we are inching closer and closer is because your praise is becoming more powerful. Someone said to me a few weeks ago, they visited for the first time in a while and said, the atmosphere is different when we were here last time. Why? Because your praise is becoming more powerful. Because it's becoming more consistent. Are you with me? Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm going to share this final scripture with you. But maybe two. I got like a couple minutes. Whew. You're about to unleash a weapon. That's what we're talking about. You got your breakthrough. Now we're unleashing a weapon. Isaiah 61 verse 3 says, 
take off the garment of heaviness and put on the garment of praise. So I said it's a decision that you and I will praise God. It's a decision that I will bless the Lord at all times. Short $6,500, I'll bless the Lord. When the repo man comes from my car, I will bless the Lord. When we get evicted or they foreclose on your house, I will bless the Lord at all times. When you're not sure your spouse loves you anymore, I will bless the Lord at all times. Why? Because my praise is a choice. I'm going to take off the spirit of heaviness, the garment of heaviness, some translations say. Another translation says the spirit of heaviness. In other words, I'm going to take off complaining. I'm going to take off griping about it. I'm going to take off moaning about it. Come on, ladies and gentlemen, if you'll stop griping and moaning about your spouse and what they're doing wrong, if you'll take off that garment and you'll put on a spirit of praise, I'm telling you, you will change the atmosphere in your home, in your life, and your family. You, you will be married to someone you've never been married to if you'll take off that garment. Oh my God. And the church will be the real church. If the church can stop looking like the world on Facebook and on Twitter and on Instagram, based on all your nastiness. Oh, and we'll put on a spirit of praise. And we can just say, I may not be where I want to be, but I'm certainly not who I used to be. I will bless the Lord at all times. Praise will always and continually be in my lips. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm done with that. I, I'm not going to gripe and complain about who they're not and what they act like and their attitude. I, I'm not going to gripe and complain about what they don't do and who they're not, who I want them to be. But I'm going to bless you, Lord, at all times. I'm going to shower them with my blessing. I'm going to shower them with my praises. Come on. If you have a child that looks like a heathen and an embarrassment to you, maybe you need, just need to start blessing them. Come on. Just start blessing them. If they cause you to, to lose your temper more than anything else, just, call, just start blessing them. Just start giving God, Lord, I thank you. I thank you that your promises are yes and amen over them. God, I thank you that right now they're not living up to their best life. Oh, my God, but I thank you that, Lord, they will, they will come to know you. I thank you that, Lord, their life will glorify you. See, what are you seeing what I'm talking about? Praise needs to live in every area of your life. Give God praise over your grandkids. Give God praise over your children. Give God praise over your job. When you pull in tomorrow and you'd rather be in bed and you feel like it's a demon itself, give God, Lord, I thank you for this job. I am going to pay my bills. Are you hearing me? We've got to get an attitude of praise about everything. You've been looking at your life like it's areas of bondage, but it's what God gave you for right now. And if God can't, God will never give you more if, you cannot, if he cannot trust you with where you are right now. Bless God for the job you have. While you fight among yourselves about who you want your spouse to be and what you need them to be, you better bless God for who they are right now because they will never merge into who you need them to be until you can bless God for who they are right now. Oh my God, I'm preaching good right now for somebody in this room. But you just magically want them to wake up one day and be what you thought they always needed to be. What about you? 
your stuff don't stink. Let me tell you something. When you and I learn, I'm telling you the truth. I've lived it. I've seen it. Personally, when you can give God thanks, say, Lord, I thank you. I thank you that my wife's flaws. Watch this. Lord, I thank you that my wife's flaws are causing me to be a better man. God, I thank you that I've been bitter. Lord, I thank you that, Lord, I'm not going to be. Lord, I thank you that I just lay everything down I've been angry about. And Lord, I give you thanks for them. God, you're sending in my life for a reason. Lord, maybe it's been to draw me nearer to you. So God, I'm going to give you thanks right now for all the things that aren't working in my life. I thank you that you bless my life. And then do that every day. And watch the change start coming. And then see what you're going to watch happen. I don't know why I'm saying all this. But going back to that scripture in Isaiah. When your praise, when you become a sanctuary and you create an atmosphere that he can dwell in. Then everything that is opposing you and your marriage and your family is going to start receding back. And your spouse is going to start coming to you. See, all of our yelling and screaming and fighting, all it's done is push them back. And they've been part of the opposition against you. Oh, my God. But if you, I'm preaching right now better than some of you. You better be receiving what I'm putting out. But if you will allow the healing to begin and just begin to thank God where you are. God, I thank you that almost broke. God, I'm going to bless you and give you praise even though I think that he or she hates me. God, I got to give you praise because I have to believe that when the sea sees me and what I'm becoming, it's going to turn back. And I don't want my spouse to turn back away from me. But I want her to draw nigh unto me. See, I could begin to really connect this when the Bible says, if you draw nine to me, I will draw nine to you. See, the only reason and the only way some of you are going to get closer to God is if you get unified with your spouse. And you finally put to death, finally put to death and bury the stuff. You claims you let go of. I don't even care if you're still married to him or not. They could be gone. Bury it. Let it go. Let it go. So that what God has for you, he can unleash to you. Take off the garment of heaviness and put on the garment of praise. Take off the garment of heaviness. That's for somebody today. Hezron the second son of Judah, which is your weapon. It means weapons. Church, I want to tell you something about the reason this is important for you and I as I prepare to close in a moment. If you and I don't recognize that you and I are in a battle, then we are already a casualty of the war. Church, we are in a battle. And we have to use every weapon at our disposal. I'm going to be singing this song. There's power in the name of Jesus.
There's an army rising up. We started singing, I hear those walls. Fuck. Your praise was a weapon and it was working for you. It was working on your behalf. Hallelujah. But if you and I don't recognize that we are in a battle, then we are already a casualty of the war. We cannot be a people that has our head in the sand thinking, oh, it's going to get better. It's going to turn out the way that it turns out. No, we have to recognize that we're in a battle. We're in a, we're in a battle for the fight for our family. We're in a battle and a fight for our marriages, for our children, for our grandchildren, for the people that we love, for our communities. And if we don't recognize that we're in a battle, then we, the church, are already a casualty of the war. I didn't bring it out. I had it out here last week, and then I didn't get to preach. But we have to recognize that in, in both hands, the church has to have the ability to have a sword in one hand to fight and a hammer in another one to build. You know what we have a problem doing in the church is doing both at the same time. Either we're trying to fight something or, or we're only trying to grow something. We, we lack the ability to build and battle at the same time. We do that in our marriage, in our families, in the workplace. We have to have the ability to build and to battle at the same time. Hallelujah. But as you and I give God praise, our weapons will work for us. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Hallelujah. I told you the other week. As we started this series, I remember... Reminded you who the enemy used to be, remember? Lucifer. He was that fallen angel. And then how he had access to the throne of God. And his heart, the Bible says, became lifted up. And instead of Lucifer worshiping, he decided that he wanted to be worshiped. The Bible said that he was cast down. In fact, it says, I saw him fall like lightning from the heavens. Part of the reason the enemy keeps you and I from praising God, what I said two weeks ago, is that you now have the job that he used to have. You have access that he no longer has because you create a, an atmosphere you become a sanctuary are you with me for him to dwell in the midst and so you now get to do and be a part of what Satan used to do and be a part of and so what I really believe is the devil he's irritated with us and the devil will rise up when you and I really begin to praise God. Don't think it's strange that, that the enemy will rise up today or tomorrow because of your praise today. He wants to try to intimidate you and I to go back into being quiet. To be the person who won't, who won't open your mouth and give God praise at all times. And that you will you'll end up being a person that you won't bless the Lord at all times. And every time that you, what I understand about praise is 
Every time that I open my mouth and give God praise, it reminds the devil of his bad decision. When he desired, when he desired to be lifted up instead of him lifting up God. And I don't know, everyone in this place has made a bad decision a time or two. And you get reminded of that decision. What you need to remember, that part of the reason it's so important that you and I give God praise, it's not just so that we give glory to God, but it's also to remind the devil. Devil, I'm reminding you today that you had access, that you had power, and you forfeited it. And no longer do you have authority and power and access to the throne room of God. And I'm praising to serve notice that you no longer have access to me and my mind and my family because I will bless the Lord at all times. Praise will and shall continually be in my mouth. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to share this last scripture and close with this because I, I want you to get it. I want to close with this to give you a, 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 a picture in your mind of what your praise does. So in Genesis chapter 49, verse 8. Hallelujah. Genesis chapter 49, verse 8. I love this scripture. My God. Judah. Your hand shall be on the neck of your enemy. Praise. Your hand shall be on the neck of your enemy. In other words, praise has authority. Praise has authority. And the hand of praise will be on the neck of your enemy. Why is that important? Uh, we'll, we'll deal a little bit more on this next week when we go to the third one. Because your praise has the capacity, your praise has the ability to paralyze the enemy. It says Judah or praise, right? That's what we said, Judah means praise. Praise your hand shall be on the neck of your enemy. In other words, you need to imagine that as we were praising God, that's why when praise really gets radical, when, when you and I really begin to give God adequate praise in the house of God, or as we go about our day, you can, you can sense the atmosphere change. It's because what praise is really enabling is, is praise is able to put its hand on the neck of the enemy. Or in other words, praise in that moment is paralyzing your enemy. Oh my God. Let, let, me, let me help you get a little bit more revelation because some of you seem like you're getting it a little bit slow here. It's all right, I'll explain it. I should have brought somebody up and had you lay down. I put my foot on your neck. See, so some of you need a visual. It means when you and I were praising God earlier and some of you started marching and shouting and singing or when you begin to wave a flag, the hand of praise begins to place, it begins to, 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 to paralyze the neck of the enemy. Now, when, 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 when you and I are held by our neck, go back several weeks when I said that the anointing 
destroys every yoke. Where, where, where does the yoke, we're, we're going to get to the, your praise produces an anointing next week. So it'll all come together, but watch this. Uh, the anointing destroys the yoke. The anointing destroys the yoke. Mm. So look where we're going to go. My, my, my praise permeates the atmosphere. And when my praise permeates, it brings to me breakthrough. And it brings to me weapons that paralyze the enemy. My praise puts a hand on the neck of the enemy. But watch this. When someone's neck is paralyzed, when if you and I would hold someone by the neck on the floor, what they do not have the ability to do is even look at you anymore. What you need to understand that your praise does is it, it keeps the enemy from even being able to look at you, let alone speak to you. Because he's paralyzed at the neck. You know, hearing the whispers of the enemy. That's what some of us get kept up at night about the whispers of the enemy. About, about the stuff he tells you about. When he reminds you who you used to be. When, when he uses someone in your family to say those things to you. When he whispers, what are you going to do? When he said, uh-huh, what are you going to do now? You are 6,500 short. Praise paralyzes the enemy. That's what the Bible says. I read it to you. Judah, your hand, praise, your hand will be on the neck of the enemy. In other words, your praise chokeholds the enemy. In other words, your praise and it keeps the enemy from being able to come after you. He can't even turn back and look at you. He's paralyzed as long as the presence of God is in your life. Are you hearing me? The reason why your praise is so imperative is that the enemy is paralyzed as long as you create an atmosphere to keep the presence of God in your life. Now, th that leads me to where we'll go next week, where the, the third thing that your praise will do, it, we learned it brings into, it permeates breakthrough. Your praise permeates weapons. And then thirdly, God isn't going to be satisfied with just the enemy being paralyzed. God says that's not good enough. It's not good enough that he's, he's just paralyzed, that he's still, you know, flailing along. He said, I want to bring total defeat. So God said, I'm going to bring forth the third son of Judah, which is praise. And the third son is going to be the one that's going to permeate the anointing. You need to understand that your praise also releases an anointing. That's why as we were praising God, you could, you could sense the shift in the atmosphere. That's why we, just a few moments ago when I said, did you, did you feel that? Some of you did and others were like, huh, what was that? What's he talking about? It's all right, you're just not there yet. But one day you're going to walk in and you're going to be like, whoa. What is that? Because you're going to recognize the praise has permeated the atmosphere. I'm going to close right there. If you'll stand to your feet if you're able. I want you and I to recognize that our praise is powerful. Oh my God. 
My praise is powerful. In fact, let me say it this way. Real praise is real powerful. I mean, real praise is real powerful. Real praise will, will change atmospheres. We were praising God earlier and the atmosphere was changing. I want you and I to be able to, to get a visual right now of what the enemy has been doing in your life, what the enemy has been doing to, to, to wreck you, to cause disruption in your life. And I want you to get a visual that when you and I begin to praise God here in a moment, that your praise is paralyzing the enemy that the hand of praise is going to paralyze the enemy at the neck. So much the enemy isn't going to be able to whisper to you or even look at you. He can't even look in your direction because your praise is going to paralyze him. Because your praise is powerful. Your praise is powerful. It has brought breakthrough into your life. And now your praise is bringing weapons into your life. Your praise in, it, in and of itself is a weapon, hallelujah. It's a weapon of mass destruction. Your praise, remember the Bible said in the, the scripture we read earlier, that when the sea saw it, it fled. I want you to get such a praise built up in you that when opposition sees you, it's gonna turn back. When the devil forgets about who you are in the spirit, he might sneak up on you, but that when he gets a good look at you, he's going to turn back. Hallelujah. I want whenever opposition or sickness or disease or debt or anything or when $6,500 stands in front of me. I want it. Are you hearing me? I want it to see me and turn around and run the other way. Like the Bible says, because of the praise that is in me because no weapon formed against me will be able to prosper. Every tongue that rises against me, the Bible said, shall be condemned. Hallelujah. If God be for me, who can be against me? So I will bless the Lord at all times. Praise will continue to be on my lips. Now, would you do me a favor? Find someone near you. If you don't have anyone near you, get them in front of you or behind you. And I want you to, I want you to prophesy over them right now. This is what I want you to tell them. And we're going to close with this. And I'm being totally serious. I want you to decree and declare over one another right now. If you know their name, call them by their name. If you don't know their name, then just say neighbor. I don't care. But I want you to look them in the eye when you say it. Because we're going to unlock something in the heart and the spirit of every believer, I believe. Because we're going to look over in a moment. And I'll tell you right now what I'm going to have you say in a moment. You're going to look over and you're going to say their name. You're going to say, Bill, Brandon, Brenda, Scott, Ramona, Cindy, Terry, whomever they are. You're going to say their name. You're going to say, Kathy, you will. Bless the Lord at all times I want you to speak that over to them because it's important I mean it because the power that is in our word you need to decree and declare See, some of you think it's simple no what you were you, you were making a declaration over them that how they used to respond and act is not how they're going to respond you were decreeing the word did we not just read that in the word in Psalms 34 I will 
Bless the word. Now what you're doing is you're turning that around and you're putting a mandate on them. You, you know, in your bulletins, those of you that pay attention, there's always prayer points in there. Those are prayers that I turn into declarations. And if you read them over yourself every day, you'll see those things manifest. It's not based on just things I pull out of the sky. It's, the, it's scripture. It's word that I put down onto paper for you to decree and declare over your family, your home. That's what you are doing right now when you call them out and you say, Scott, you will bless the Lord at all times. You are, you are placing a mandate on them. You are unlocking praise within them so that when they stand before the sea, oh my God, when they walk on the workplace tomorrow, When you and I walk into our opposition tomorrow, when I walk into the church office tomorrow to face everything that might meet me, and when the staff walks in here, when you walk into that school tomorrow, when, we, when you and I sit down at our desk at home, whatever it may be, and you and I face that opposition that, oh God, please just get me through the day. You are gonna walk in and you are gonna assume that role and you're gonna remember this moment, I will. Bless the Lord God, I don't like my job, but I thank you for my job and the minute that you can begin to do that you've just set yourself up for more breakthrough because you God now knows he can trust you with more so you are unlocking something within you and you are going to paralyze the enemy in that person's life that's why this is important if you're going to be lackadaisical about it and boring and, and all those things and just be religious about it sit down goodbye you can go home I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just so tired of people come to church and it never changing them. Some of us sat in churches for years without altar calls, without shedding a tear, and without there ever being any change because nobody was speaking to me and trying to stir up what was in me to let me know there was greater things inside of me. They were always just telling me what I couldn't do because of this or because of that or keeping us bound by rules and regulation. I'm here to stir up the God that is within you that is greater than what is going on inside of you. And people have tried to keep that locked up and bound down and tried to tell you that that's not godly, that you shouldn't shout like that. Well, show me in the word where it says not to shout. No, in fact, it says shout unto the Lord with a voice of triumph. So I'm believing that as you speak this over your neighbor, that you are gonna unlock just not praise, but that you are going to unlock a prophetic voice over their family. Come on. That you're going to unlock a prophetic voice over a husband or a wife or a dad or a mom. Because you're going to go into it with a different attitude. So are you ready? Oh, my God. In fact, let me just say this. If you need to go and find someone else to say this to, do it right now. Go stand with him. If you can't do it to your neighbor, if you don't like your neighbor, if there's no button around you, come on. Hey, no, because what I mean, what I mean, what I mean is sometimes we're married to people who can't receive from us. I know what it is to be married and my, my wife not be able to receive from me because she's mad at me. I must be the only one in the history of church who ever preached while the wife was sitting there. I can't stand him. She yelled and screamed to me the entire way to church. We'd get to church. Oh, hallelujah. 
People laid out all over the front of the church. Revival happening. We get in the car. Said, you know, you really irritate me. You won't talk to me. You ignore me all day. We get there. You preach and bring the house down. And then you'll pray and pay attention to everybody else. Everybody else in that place got ministry but me. Everybody in that place got your attention but me. And now we're in the car on the way home and you're still ignoring me. I can't stand you. That's true. Because while I was ministering the gospel, I just thought I'll show you. I'll give everyone else my attention. The very thing that you complained about, I'll prove to you that I can do it. And I did it to be rebellious. But in the end, I lost. In the end, she's not here. Are you seeing what I'm saying? But if you'll choose right now, and I'm going to praise the Lord, you'll create an atmosphere that'll change your heart like that. Because the sea will see it, and it'll turn back. Now get a hold of that person that's near you. Look him in the eye. If you're not near someone, find him. Hallelujah. 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 And I want you just to keep saying it to him. Keep repeating him. Call him out by name. Neighbor, you will. Bless the Lord at all times. Say it again. Neighbor, you will. Bless the Lord at all times. I decree and declare to every person online, you will. Bless the Lord at all times. You will. Bless the Lord at all times. Keep saying it, my God. You're 30 feet from triumph. You will. Bless the Lord at all times. I decree and I declare, you will bless the Lord at all times. I decree and I declare, you will bless the Lord at all times. <laughs> Hallelujah. You will bless the Lord at all times. You will bless the Lord at all times. My God, I said you will bless the Lord at all times. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You will bless the Lord at all times. You will bless the Lord at all times. You will. Just, just would you praise God for a moment? Praise Him. Your praise is paralyzing the enemy. Your praise is paralyzing the enemy. Your praise is paralyzing the enemy. I will bless the Lord at all times. Praise will continually be in my mouth. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Yes. My God. My God. My God. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah. The sea saw it and fled. The sea saw it and turned back. I want you to, I want you to understand something as you leave this place. When you walk in Walmart. When you walk in the restaurant. Oh, come on, somebody. When you walk in your family's home. 
and it's more of a battleground than it is a sanctuary. Oh my God, am I the only one that's ever felt like you walk into your family's home and it's a battleground? You need to understand you're going to walk in there today. And you're going to remember this scripture. The sea saw it and turned back. Meaning everything and everyone that was coming for you is going to go in another direction. Because of the praise that is within you. Because of the sanctuary that you're creating. Because he has, been, he has come to sit upon your praise. Because his presence goes with you. Hey, hey, office staff, when we come in the office tomorrow and we get about the Father's business and we send over this stuff to the attorneys and all the other people, they need all these more documents. We're not going to just send documents. We're going to send praise. So that, that this nonsense and the IRS trying to dip their nose in and all these things, the sea saw it and will turn back. The sea will see it and turn back. Yeah. Hallelujah. And the rest of that 6,500 is going to come in. So that on closing day, I can look that woman in the eye and say, didn't I tell you? <laughs> Are you hearing me? Not so we look good. So we can say, look what the Lord has done. Amen. Look what the Lord has done. Uh-huh. Look what the Lord has done. The Lord will give us, what the Lord said he will give us, his word said he'll give us houses we didn't build. Vineyards we didn't plant. Come on. Ten acres sitting over there in Brownsville we own. Vineyards we didn't plant. That's all right. I will bless the Lord at all times. Praise will always be on my lips. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ah. Now, in a moment, we're going to close. We're going to let you sow your tithes and offerings before we leave. That's always an exciting time. We don't spend a lot of time on giving because I've learned this. I, I could spend five, ten minutes talking about the offering. It usually doesn't change people's hearts. Either people are giver or they're not. Listen to me. As you give today, know that you're giving with purpose. Your giving makes a difference. Pastor Donnie shared with me. Watch this. He's coming down, by the way, in one or two weeks just to be here. Some of you have heard about him, but you haven't got to meet him. Listen, he said to me, he said, do you realize? He said, do the people really realize the impact of their church? I said, I don't know. He said, do you realize that people are listening to the church through podcast in China, in Australia, in Russia, You know, the most watched state we are watched in right now used to be Pennsylvania for obvious reasons. It's not. And I believe this is the cry 
of what's happening in our nation when we say there's about to be an outpouring of his spirit. We are more viewed and more listened to on podcast in California than any other state. Only, yeah, second comes Texas. That kind of makes sense. California, because there's a hunger that's brewing. A hunger that's brewing. Translated right now as I'm speaking into 34 languages around the world. 34 languages, they're hearing me speaking Chinese and Japanese. I'm serious. Hear me speaking Spanish and French as I'm talking to you right now. I call. Your impact is making a difference. Your, your, your giving makes a difference. Lives are being changed. We get prayer requests from all over the world. They keep messaging me to come to speak in Africa. Little places all over Africa. I'm like, oh God. Send a team. That's what I've been praying. I said, God, in order for me to go, I said, Lord, you have to send a team with me to minister effectively. They keep sending this request over and over through the website, over and over. I was supposed to preach at a conference last year with 5,000 people in Africa, and I couldn't go because of COVID restrictions, and I wouldn't do the things they wanted me to do to fly. So, Come on. My point, and as I say all that to let you know, that we're reaching beyond the four walls of this church, that trying to acquire this other property isn't about owning property, it's trying to acquire property to change lives, to expand what we're doing, to, to expand a footprint, and to take the city for Jesus Christ. Many have tried and failed. Many have talked about it, but done nothing to pursue it. What we are trying to do is to pursue it, to stake a claim. The Bible says that we are to enlarge the place of our tent. The Bible says to do that, and yet most churches will talk about it, but they never do it. That, this is us enlarging the place of our tent, assigning more jobs and more responsibility. Yes, it's going to take people in positions and titles and all those fun things. It's going to take staff and more staff, and that's great and lovely. But more than anything, it's about changing lives. That's what your giving is doing right now. So as you give today, know that you're being part of the 6,500. Come on. I mean, we need more than that to pay bills, but 6,500 is going to make that a reality. Without it, it's going to take some other miracle. That's what I'm telling you today. You can help us. Hallelujah. Lastly, make sure you have your bulletin and calendar. Next week, they're, they're having a dinner, I understand. There's a sign-up sheet in the hall. They need you to sign up for food if you haven't and things like that. Make sure you stop by on that. That's on the little bulletin board back there. For everybody that's on welcome team, media, camera, those of you that have signed up for children's ministry and things, there are schedules also in the hall in the little bin. Make sure you have one. Hallelujah. If you didn't sign up and you want to be able to help, let us know. All right. There's lots of ways to help. We're, uh, Sister Cynthia's been working on children's ministry stuff for the extreme adventures. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. Train up a child they should go and when they're old they won't depart from it hallelujah get ready it's not just children's church this is children's ministry where the same encounter we have here they better be experiencing there they're gonna be laying hands and watching one another recover for real 
They're going to get just as good a word, probably better, with some of the folks that want to teach. And that'll be launching in a couple of weeks. If you didn't sign up and you want to teach, let us know. We'll welcome you. You can take a turn. We'll have to do it every week. Glory to God. And if you can sing, we need you. Help me. Glory. My God. We're going to close in prayer. Pray over your seed, your offering, your tithe. And watch it be multiplied back to you to every person that's given online. We love you. We appreciate you. It's awesome to see what the Lord is doing. Hallelujah. My God. My God. The sea is going to see you and flee. Opposition is going to see you and flee because of the praise that comes from you. In other words, you are a force to be reckoned with. When the enemy rises up against you, remember, bless the Lord this week. Bless the Lord. Paralyze him at the neck. Hallelujah. Glory to God, brother. Ah. I'm going to have you close in prayer. But as I had you come, and so the Holy Spirit remind them to do things together. So everything you do, you're going to do together. Your praise will take you. It'll take you together. Don't leave one or the other behind. Sister, don't hang in the shadow of your husband. You were bad all by yourself. I mean, he thinks so, and it's all that really matters. Do not hide under the behind the shadow of your husband. I'm just telling you the truth. Just receive it. Don't act like it's not for you. It is for you. Because I heard him just tell me, you do not need to hide behind him. It's not about what you don't know or what, what isn't good enough. Any of those things, I'm telling you, he'll give it to you as you need it. When I started preaching, I was a teenager. They didn't like it. Some people left because of it. But you just keep going because he, 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 will, he will give you what you need when you need it. He will fill you. You just stay near the cross. And as you stay near the cross, when you need to have something to say, he'll fill your mouth. When you need to tell him in the spirit, shut up. You're wounding me. The Lord will give you something to say to him. Right? But when the Holy Spirit doesn't fill your mouth, you're going to learn to be, be quiet. There, there's a silence about you, but your silence is, is, is powerful. And some people need to glean from that silence and learn that sometimes the strongest thing to do is to be silent. That is one of your strengths. Just because you don't speak often or speak much doesn't mean there's not power. 
What it means is that there's strength in that silence, but there is a weapon of mass destruction when you open your mouth. Yeah. So decree and declare over your children the word of God. Keep doing it because there is power behind that. And if you cower behind his shadow, the enemy does it to silence you. He does it to silence you. And then when the sea sees you, it's not going to turn back and flee. Allow what is in you to come out of you. Because it is greater than what is going on around you. I mean greater. Greater. It's going to be like a, 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 a... You ever seen one of those... Come on, what's those things called in the ocean? Thing? Those spouts. Those water spouts. Geyser, come on. Thank you. That's what it is. It's been bubbling under the surface. You know that song we used to sing. I, I, I'm, I'm, he's going to close in prayer, I promise, but I've got to finish giving her this word. Remember when we were in Bible school as kids, we would sing that song. It's bubbling, it's bubbling, it's bubbling in my soul. It's been bubbling, bubbling. And now it just needs to release and come out. All right. It needs to release and come out. So, so you will not be a woman like everybody else who always has a word and always has something to say. But when you do, you will be someone who everyone will, will listen because you don't speak often. When you do, it will have power. The last thing I'll say is that we can be pitiful or we can be powerful, but we cannot be both. From this day forward, let power reign. Power. What is wrong and going on around you, listen, remember the words that I said. What is going on around you is no match for what is inside of you. What is within you is greater than what's going on around you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, my brother, you're going to pray. Close it out. Bless the offering. And seal that word over your wife. Just keep holding his hand because I said you're going to do it together. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, we just come and we say thank you and glory to your name, Father God, that you still reign. And Father God, not only do I seal this word over my wife, but I seal this word in every ear that is heard today, Father God, that this would rise up a mighty, a mighty harvest from this word today, that your army that you've called is going forth to the north, the south, the east, and the west, and we will see the harvest just by the praise that is on our lips. And Father God, we just bless those that are able to bless you, Father God, that you would give it back tenfold, Father God. And Father God, we speak to this amount, Father God, that you say it is here. That final amount is here. And Father God, we claim this town and we claim the towns where this word is going forth for your greater glory. And Father God, we send forth the host of heaven with each person listening as they go forth to the battlefield you call them to, that they would rise up, praise warriors, greater, greater than what is around them. And eyes will look, ears will hear, and they will say, I want what you have. God bless you all. Have a beautiful week in Jesus.